Good day, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 108th Simpsons podcast. That's right. It's the Simpsons podcast that explores episodes of The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond? Well, we feel that there's plenty of Simpsons podcasts out there that talk about the golden age from seasons 1 through 10. We are here to discover seasons 11 and beyond to see if there's some gems out there that we want you to watch to become reinvigorated as a Simpsons fan. I am half of annoyed grunt boy Craig, and with me on this journey is always your other half annoyed grunt boy steve hey craig hey steve uh how's uh quarantining day 83 going for you <laughs> oh eh, um you know some days you know i i did some stuff in the yard that was good some days i just sleep for 12 hours it's also good that sounds eh, you fun know. yeah it, it, it kind of is we talked about your lawn care i think last week's episode mm-hmm. i was actually on best buy and i because i have a best buy credit card mm-hmm. and i just typed in like lawnmower to see if they had uh, the lawnmower i suggested to you and they didn't. They have a Roomba-style lawnmower. <laughs> and I sent it to you. And I was like, I wasn't saying, like, buy this. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. That Believe me, I like- thought about it. I thought there's now a Roomba version of a lawnmower. And what was it, like $800? Yeah. I started doing the math. Did you say it was $40 a month that each of you pay? We each paid $10 every two weeks. So it's $80. Oh, so it's $20. Okay. Yeah. At first, I thought it was like 40 bucks a piece. I'm like, wait, if I did the math correctly, like you guys just buy this. <laughs> but anyways, uh, let's not talk about lawn maintenance. <laughs> well, we are a Simpsons podcast. And, you know, you and I over the weekend did something fun. We uh, use this new technology of zoom which is basically just skype but easier um to have a little uh, classic simpsons viewing party yeah with some uh, local friends of ours mm-hmm. and it was fun uh, we uh re- watched like four or five episodes um and i would recommend it to you viewers out there get some friends together and it's a fun way to socialize although i will say that uh, most of the episode most of us watching it was either us sitting there quietly watching the episode and not <laughs> saying anything or one of us not watching the right episode and then being way behind uh greg <laughs> yeah exactly if you're a fan of the podcast, you might have heard Greg's voice for some ads a few months ago that I stayed on. He, he was uh, partying with me one night and we recorded an ad. He might come on one of these days and uh, do an episode with us. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. He won't know the same episode we watch because he doesn't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, but he'll talk about something. And go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Some of us got pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would definitely do it again. I feel like the... Uh, the Simpsons watching episode was great, but I feel like it's better if we just did like a movie. Yeah, I think so. I think that's better because that way everybody's on the same page and it lasts a little bit longer. Yeah, that way you can uh, loosen up and start chit-chatting about something. Yeah, we should like watch a movie that we're all familiar with and then like... Well, that was the original intent. It was going to be Back to the Future. Mm, nice. But Netflix only has Back to the Future Part 3. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, some people actually have the movie and some people don't. So it was kind of like okay let's make sure everyone has it i suggested just doing a disney movie which makes sense since we all have disney plus right which would just do the simpsons movie that's a disney movie Mm -hmm. speaking of simpsons real quick yeah uh i watched the episode previous which would have aired uh april uh, 19th Mm -hmm. 2020 and uh it was a continuation of the well, it was kind of a continuation of the short uh, Maggie Simpsons that's that you can see on Disney Plus right now. A play date with Destiny. Yeah, I, I won't get into that, but the intro was kind of interesting because it was very timely. Oh. And I liked it because it instead of Bart writing on the chalkboard, the chalkboard just said, uh, school's online now. And huh. But the funny thing is it still panned like as if Bart was skateboarding, but there was no one there. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's Wow, good on the Simpsons for being so timely on that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Nice. Um, Speaking of things that are on Sunday Night Prime on Fox, uh, I recently binged the show Duncanville, which is on, I think, after The Simpsons on like 8.30 on Sunday nights. Uh, That kind of spot where a lot of of animated shows kind of try and work it out and then it doesn't quite work. So Duncanville is a show about an average kid named Duncan who has big dreams of making it without having to wear a suit. And, you know, he just wants to, like, live his life as a teenager. He's, like, 15 years old. And it's got a pretty solid uh, cast. So it was created by Amy Poehler and Simpsons alum Mike Scully. The Scully years. Exactly. And um, it features Ty Burrell from Modern Family, 
Uh, I love him. Yeah. Garfunkel notes is uh, Ricky Lindholm, uh, improv favorite Betsy Sidero, Rashida Jones, rapper Wiz Khalifa, James Adomian, who plays Bane on DC's uh, (laughs) Harley Quinn. Yeah. So I watched, uh, I think, almost every episode that was available. So I think I'm behind one week. And it's an interesting mix because Amy Poehler plays both the mom, who's like a parking attendant, and then Ty Burrell plays the father, who is a uh, plumber. (laughs) So they're like a lower middle class family. And it's from, told from the point of Duncan, who's a teenage boy, who's also played by Amy Poehler. <laughs> and it's basically like teenagers trying to do teenage stuff. And it's a really good show with, I feel like, some like overly trod territory. Like the show kind of feels familiar, but it's not a bad show. I think that it had it aired like 10 years ago or when we were teenagers even, it would be kind of mind blowing. But it's a nice like mix between like being like a Nickelodeon show, but kind of grown up. So I think that if you were like 13 to 15 years old, you would love the show. And I don't know, I think it's interesting. And it got picked up for a second season and I'm curious to see where it goes because it's it's fun. It's uh, absurd enough, but it's still grounded. There's kind of, they're kind of creating a world and so, yeah, I think it was, I thought it was pretty good. Better, I'd say, than that other show that we talked about maybe four months ago, Bless the Hearts, which was still pretty good, which is not on the air anymore. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, you did mention, I think my favorite animated show right now is Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on the DC Universe All Access app. It's a very niche, obviously, app. So uh, if you're not a DC fan, I don't think you would enjoy it but you're not really a huge dc comics fan but you enjoy the content that's on that show i've told other people to get the dc app just for it because i think that the storytelling is like a way more grown up you wouldn't show this to kids obviously no but it feels kind of like the same world as batman the animated series that's what i always felt too is like this is the adult take like on the animated series it's the darkest like you've ever seen like a batman i think rana Funches is on, on it as the King Shark. Oh, yeah. My favorite character. Uh, who does the, the Clayface? He's great. It's not Alan Tudyk, is it? No, he does Joker. Unless he does Clayface, too. He does two voices, doesn't he? You uh, are you're right. Because I know uh, uh, Dr. Psycho is... Uh, Tony Hale. Yeah. I follow the comics, and Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn actually have a romantic relationship. Oh, interesting. And they're kind of hinting towards that in this uh, season. I think it's about Boys. time for that. Like I always kind of felt that way about Poison Ivy's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's uh, a good way, good place to go for it. But I, I enjoy Kite Man. Yeah, I know Kite Man's fun. So that's just dumb. But because I do go to work sometimes and I am forced to wear a mask, I initially feel the need to do a Bane voice. <laughs> but I've caught myself not doing Tom Hardy's Bane, but doing James Adonian's uh, Bane, which is a bit more up here than down here. And yeah. I don't know, it's just fun. He's doing the the same tom hardy voice but with a more fun more fun twist right, yeah i are... couldn't reckon it, recommend that show more that's so good just uh find a way to, to watch harley quinn yeah it's uh it's definitely a fun cartoon and the great thing about it is it's it's also serialized too so it's not like an adventure week but every you know consequences you know are made and the story progresses because of those consequences that's mm-hmm. one thing i like about it too because it's it's literally like a comic book where each issue affects the next issue Mm-hmm. But you could also like jump in and just watch one episode, not knowing what's going on, and still have a great time. Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, so well written, so intriguing, and like, yeah, a lot of fun. So we talked about other cartoons. Let's talk about the cartoons that we actually are here on this podcast to talk about. You mean The Simpsons? Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay, fine. Let's talk about that year and that week came out, which was uh, March fourteenth, two thousand four. The episode oh. is called "The Ziff Who Came to Dinner." the 14th episode of the 15th season and uh, the number one box office film was Steve's favorite. That feel good hit that everybody loves. Passion yeah. of the Christ. All right, Steve, uh, what was the uh, number one song we were listening to on uh, that week? Uh, the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Yeah by Usher featuring Lil John and Ludacris. She said baby let's go when I told her Yeah. See, what do you think of that song? Ah, that was a big hit that was everywhere you wanted to be. Good enough review for me. Good enough review for you. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's talk about this episode. So Marge's old flame, Artie Ziff, guest voiced by John Lovitz, moves in after losing his dot-com fortune. After Homer wins his remaining share of Artie's company, he becomes the subject of an investigation. I'm excited for this episode. Me too. Yeah. 
Hey Steve, uh, I don't like the audio quality that I'm producing. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch mics to a, a lesser quality just for fun, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about the Ziff who came to dinner, the 14th episode of the 15th season. It originally aired on March 14th, 2004. It is episode 327 in the show's run. Your nerd code is FABFO8. It was written by Deb Lacusa and Dan Castellaneta. They're married, and one of them's Homer. The other one's Deb. It is directed by Nancy Cruz, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Dan and Deb, we've had done a couple episodes with them. Yes, I believe this is their third of the nine that they've written together. Which ones did we do? We did uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. Mm-hmm. A Midsummer's Nice Dream. I think that's it. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we're a third of the way there after this one's done. We'll make it packaged in the... We'll put it on vinyl. I know that's what a lot of podcasts do. They release a special <laughs> yeah. podcast. All of our episodes about Dan and Deb will press on vinyl. Yes. Be a nice uh, $40 thing for <laughs> us. You and I. <laughs> we'll probably get it for cheaper. Uh, $2 off, you know, because we'll yeah. get um, Yeah, all right. Well, here our chalkboard gag is, uh, I will not speculate on how hot teacher used to be. Hmm. Well, Strabopple, so she's probably pretty hot. Well, because she's dead and in hell. Well, yeah. But I mean, then she wasn't. I was like, was kind of hot. Yeah. I mean, she's no Lindsay Nagle. But who is? Well, I mean, Lindsay is. Our uh, couch gag is Powers of Ten, wherein we zoom out of the Simpsons' home and continue to zoom out to see all of Springfield, all of America, then the planet Earth, then the Milky Way, and the surrounding universes, including uh, Kang Kodos with a broken down UFO, and then even further to universes beyond, which then zooms to the building blocks of life. Strands of molecules that form genetic structures that everything that we are looking at is actually Homer's head. And we're back where we started in the Simpsons living room. I remember the first time I saw this couch gag, I thought it was really cool. We're all Homer's head, man. Yeah. Well, they've used it a couple times, right? Yeah, I feel like it's like for syndication, I feel like it's the default for longer or for shorter episodes. Yeah, definitely. But it's always good. Our episode begins at the Springfield Googleplex Theater, where a vast array of films are being shown, such as... Return to Ape Valley. The Fashion of the Christ. Ghost Frat. Eating Nemo. Yum, yum. From <laughs> Justin to Kelly Four. The Unwatchable Hulk. Side note, aren't all the Hulk movies kind of unwatchable? The oh, bad. The pianist goes Hawaiian. And Freddy versus Jason versus the Board of Education. There are even more cinematic offerings as Homer soon learns. The wild dingleberries. It's a movie version of a cartoon family you can see for free on TV. But they stretched out the plot and added a wildebeest from the hood. I am so there. Sorry, Pally, the dingleberries are sold out. But looking at you, I'm sure your kids are used to disappointment. How about Diet Coke, the movie? Sold out. President Airbud, Tail to the Chief. Sorry. My Big Fat Greek Salad. Not a movie. The only movies starting now are The Redeadening and Teenage Sex Wager. Ooh, well, I am curious to see if those teens lose their virginity and the wager only sweetens the deal. Mr. Simpson, that movie is condemned by our church's movie guide. What would Jesus view? Refresh my memory. Mm. These dweebs are with us. Why? Um, I liked all those other movies, too, especially uh, the salad movie that wasn't actually a movie. Is he just looking at the uh, the food menu? I think so. Although, I don't know that I want to eat a salad at a theater. I used to go to the fancy ones that don't exist anymore that would have, you know, full bar yeah. restaurant service. It was okay. Yeah, my brother manages one of those type of things, and he seems well, to like it. did. Yeah, that's true. The world's over. Yay! Yay! Anywho, in a bit of clunky exposition, Lisa explains to Bart that Rod and Todd are there with them because Ned volunteered to take senior citizens out for ice cream. At Phineas Q. Butterfat's ice cream parlor, the oldies are complaining of uh, ice cream being too cold and the cone being too sharp, and we find out they are celebrating a depressed Jasper's birthday. Hmm. Mention of a birthday results in the siren going off, confetti and balloons falling from the ceiling, and MC birthday dropping a celebratory beat to the tune of Rapper's Delight. He says the good time gang will blow you away, and then we see the aforementioned gang brandishing automatic rifles shooting party favors. This results in Grandpa sitting in a ball, cowering in fear, flashbacks, P. 
PTSD. I like the the rapper's delight song and them just shooting the old people with <laughs> confetti. Was a great little scene. Back at the theater, Homer and the kids run into Lenny and Carl, who are there to see the re-deadening. We discover that Lenny has a small speaking role in the horror film after the director saw his photo in a medical book. Whatever his condition was to be in a medical book. I don't know. Maybe something to do with his eyes. Homer opts for the frightening Rosemary's Babies-esque film in which we see a child being urged to murder her mother with, by a doll with eyes made of buttons from the trousers of a serial killer. Rod and Todd scream in fear, but Homer tells them to relax, stupid. He explains that the film is fictional, though it's based on true events, some of which took place in the very theater they are in. Hey, Steve, we get uh, Lenny's on-screen debut. Ooh. Oh, oh, here comes my part. <laughs> What are you doing possessed at this hour? I'd better tell the governess. Be- oh, God, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Ah, 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 ah. The buttons look like they're sewn to my eyes, but they're really held on with hot wax. Dad, I don't like this movie. Can we go home? Oh, honey, don't be scared. Look, they killed the evil doll. Ah! What do you know? It's unkillable. <gasps> Honey, can Daddy rest his soda on your head? Mm-hmm. That's my girl. See, they love, love to talk about Lenny's eyes. Yeah, and I love the acting of the shivering, scared Lisa. Mm-hmm. And, I also uh, like the little doll in the movie. I think in the past, like, 20 years in general, there's been a lot of, like, that scary, kind of, like, found footage and, like, yeah, like, little kid or doll. Yeah. Well, we'll get it to an odd parody in a bit. That's true. But at 742 Evergreen Terrace, it's dinner time. Bart and Lisa are still literally shaking with fear as Marge rebukes her husband for his rare lapse in judgment. Homer says that fear is good for the children, prepares them for the future terrors, such as roofing and driveway skating. Probably a shortage of toilet paper. Yeah, long lines for bread. Cool. Being stuck at home for... Days and days on end. I'm an essential. I'm essential two days out of the week. We are considered heroes. I think I am a hero because I sent a text message to a robot that sent a letter to my mayor to save the post office. So I am a hero. Yeah, I don't want to get into that whole post office thing. That's like the one of the greatest American institutes. It is. It's our, post, uh, our postal system, so service. I, I completely agree. If the post office were to shut down, this country couldn't function. Right. Not a political podcast, but there's nothing more important, honestly, than the it, post office. I mean, sure, hospitals, maybe, but even if the postal service shut down, hospitals are screwed. We can't get things that we need. Like yeah. medication, thanks to help us live. Yeah, and letters. Everybody likes to get a letter. Yes, uh, especially if you uh, send Steve a letter to the official Hunter Thurry Simpsons P.O. Box. P.O. Box 2, Springfield, USA. That's right. At bedtime, uh, Marge tries to calm Bart down from the non-existent boogie woogies and woolly bullies and goes on to turn his nightlight with a red bulb, allowing all <laughs> the shapes of his room to take over his imagination. <laughs> I love the, uh, how he's generally like a little boy who's scared. Yeah, I think it's sweet because, you know, if you see a movie too young, it might freak you out. And even if you are a little Hellraiser who doesn't care, it's cute to be freaked out. Um, In the other room there, speaking of freaked out, Lisa's also there comforting herself, explaining that was just a movie filmed in Vancouver with Donald Sutherland as a recovering priest or something. (laughs) Yeah, priest who stopped believing. But then suddenly Uh, strange noises are coming from the attic. They go upstairs to investigate. And this is what uh, I was talking about earlier. Lisa is herself in the parody of Blair Witch Project, which came out like five years prior. Mm -hmm. Both of us heard mysterious noises coming from this very spot. Bart and I will explore the attic until we find their source. (laughs) Must be the pipes. (laughs) What do you think, Bart? I think you're on your own, Toots. Okay, I'll just stay calm and approach this scientifically. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. If I don't make it out alive, I love you, Mom and Dad. Maggie, you can have my books and Bart. I'll see you in hell, you booger-eating one. That's right, we all know. Ah! Bones! Copyright Pink Pony Productions. Visit us on the web at lisathemovie.com. Yeah, five years too late to do a Blair Witch parody, I guess. Sure. You know, we talk about Simpsons like to do that. I did think it was really good uh, voice acting by Yeardley, though. 
Can't wait to see Bart in hell. And he should be embarrassed for eating boogers. That is gross. I was never that kid who ate boogers. I think that was nasty. I probably went through a phase, but I never like, yeah, some kids were like proud of it. Ugh. That's just making me look gross. Uh, yeah. Also, so, uh, LisaTheMovie.com doesn't exist anymore. You just bought it. Yeah. So now I got to write a script. Somebody named Lisa. Maybe I'll make it about a mattress. Spelled differently though, Steve. Yeah. Well, that'll just, that way I don't get sued. Cool. Mine will be in the size of a microwave box. Uh, right, meanwhile, well. in the parents' bedroom, the couple have just watched, uh, finished watching Kojak, and Marge is horny for a bald lollipop sucker of her own. As uh, Homer reads his wife her sex Miranda rights, the kids burst in, yelling of a ghost in the attic. Marge is so horny here. Yeah, she is. She couldn't even I, wait till him for him to finish uh, reading I his rights. How, I, mean. I love how Homer just like pulls out a lollipop, and then <laughs> when they get at it, like he just sticks it to the headboard yeah i think i would go for columbo if i were to have no i'd go no i'd go for rockford if we're gonna have sex with a (laughs) 70s tv uh detective i'd probably have to be it'd be magnum pi steve come on oh yeah that's good short shorts and mustache that's good because then you can have a threesome with rick or tc what about higgins and Higgins, too. Hell, let the, let the dogs in, too. What were the dogs' names? That eh, doesn't matter. Um, I also like how Marge is, uh, when they say there's a ghost, and they're like, oh, great. Go play with it for about a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, pretty but, generous, too, a half hour. Well, we've discussed it before. Homer's good in bed. That's, that's true. Mar- that's why Marge is still with him. So anyways, uh, they don't get to bone, and uh, Homer goes to the attic to look for clues, but he only finds an old issue of Newsweek celebrating America's love of Saddam Hussein. Oh. Then they hear a theremin. Homer's. It's Homer's theremin, Steve. Oh. You know that. So he lights his flashlight on fire, turning into a torch, and the family goes to explore. Ooh, I like that. I'm just setting this flashlight <laughs> yeah. on fire. Um, in the attic, the theremin is accompanied by loud tapping. And we see shadows of a large figure with pointy objects in each hand. It is d- then discovered that a familiar face is squatting in the Simpsons' upstairs storage area. Hello, Simpsons. Hardy Ziff! None other! I've been hiding in your attic, living off the moisture I can suck from the rafters. I thought we killed him! No, we didn't. But I did delete him from my bulk email list. No, you didn't. That's right. Twice a week I get your email of the monkey peeing in his own mouth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That monkey got America through some tough times. I gotta say that Artie sucking the moisture is extremely gross to me. More than boogerating? Yeah. I'd eat my own boogers any day rather than suck the moisture out of a wall. Ugh. I, well, I think I'd rather suck the moisture out of the wall than eat a booger. Okay. Well, if we're in that situation, you Which go to the you... wall, I'll go to my nose. <laughs> Which we will be eventually. That's true. All things considered. But we get, uh, you know, we get some John Lovitz in here. I love it. Acting. I try to purposely do the worst. And I do, and I succeed, I think. Yeah, I think you did a good, bad job. Yeah. It well. stinks. <laughs> Hack him. Uh, yay. Uh, so Artie's if yeah, he's back and he's living in the Simpsons attic. But why, Steve? Well, he was an internet billionaire. Say no more. Well, Artie loves the sound of his, vo- his own voice, and so do we. So we'll allow him to explain. It was the go-go 90s. <laughs> and I was partying with Newt Gingrich, Janine Garofalo, and Scotty Pippen. Everyone loved my corporation. And then the bubble burst. Wait, don't go. My stock will have a slight rebound in 2003. I had nothing. They even took my repo vans. I had nowhere to go, so I came here because Marge is the closest thing I've ever had to true love. We had one date, and you are not a gentleman. (sighs) Oh, don't worry. If you let me stay, I'll be on my best behavior. Not even a fresh remark, except this one. Wowie, wow, 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 the fugger! I, uh, like the trucks going in the trucks. Repos. Mm-hmm. You have a repo truck. Yeah. It was like that a few weeks back when truck was on a truck truck. And it fell off a truck truck truck. You truck know, truck truck, yeah. The, the boys were in charge of the uh, mob. That's right. I also want to know the circumstances that led to Artie Ziff, Janine Garofalo, Newt Gingrich, and Scotty Pippen to hang out together. <laughs> that whole hot tub is just now full of STDs. <laughs> well, I don't know about Janine Garofalo, but everyone else. <laughs> yeah. But she now has all. 
them. Poor Janine. What is she up to, man? I, when I was watching this episode, I'm like, I forgot about her. So every now and again, I'll see her guest on a podcast, and she loves to talk about how much she doesn't understand technology. That's like her favorite thing to talk about now is like how she's like over it, which has kind of always been her deal. She's like over things. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, she's a working comedian, pandemic's not included. Yeah, she doesn't do much other than just kind of like a road dog. All right, that's yeah. all. So, okay, well... <laughs> Artie, envious of the joy and comfort the Simpsons have, want to stay with the family. Homer is skeptical that Ziff is trying to steal his wife, but the kids would like him to stay, as he and Homer combined almost make up a whole male role model, and even Lisa can beat him up. Homer allows to keep their adult male pet. Yay! Yay! Um, at first, it's all grand with Artie reading to Lisa the best-selling novel about family dysfunction, Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections. Mm. This makes Lisa feel better about her own family situation. And she then explains... How Homer's attempt to read to her resulted in him endlessly searching for Willy Wonka's chocolate back. I uh, love the way that she says it consumes him. <laughs> and then she drinks the tea. It's just such a, like an adult moment at a tea party. It's kind of one of those cliched lines in dramas. Right. And she's like speaking to the audience kind of. Yeah. I, I thought that was good. Bart, meanwhile, had to cease playing catch with Artie after the ice cream man cut up his credit card and Artie's depression uh, acted up. And uh, there's a great visual of Artie dangling from a noose from the kitchen light as uh, Homer suggests that he hangs with him tonight. And I got to tell you that uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, the image of Artie uh, waving and smiling (laughs) while hanging from a noose. uh, It's great. Great tattoo, Steve. It sure would. A tattoo, t-shirt, action figure. (laughs) There aren't enough action figures with nooses. This should be a Funko Pop. Yeah. This would be the one I would actually buy. (laughs) But don't you know they're going to be raised in value and be worth dozens (laughs) of some money? No, they're they're definitely not the new Beanie Baby. Oh, no, not at all. One of my favorite things is coming up right now. Homer and Artie enter Moe's, and they're greeted by four familiar faces and voices. Uh, Sinclair, Professor Lombaro, Aristotle, Amatopolis. Amatopolis? Amatopolis. 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 And uh, Jay Sherman, I know that name. Yes. We're all uh, portrayed by John Lovett. I mean, John Lovett. The guy from Pod Save America? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's cool to see uh, all the former uh, Lovett's characters all hanging out together. Yeah, it's one of my favorite images of this episode, Steve. So the uh, boys drink up and Marge is at home ironing and watching the news. There she learns that her former date is a wanted man. Coming up, can yodeling cure cancer? Of course not. But first, where is Artie Ziff? <gasps> the SEC wants to know. It seems Ziff Corp spent stockholders' money on everything from marble toothbrushes to solid gold underpants. Small investors have been wiped out. Hello, stole me. Screw you, money. I'm very sorry to hear that, Willie. Screw you. Authorities are currently operating under the theory that Ziff is living in a cave somewhere. Uh, he's not in here, Chief. That's some good spelunking, Lou. Mighty fine spelunking. I think my new quote now, Steve, is... Coming up, can yodeling cure cancer? Of course not. It's just so good. I wish the news was like that, too. Like, can this do this? Can listening to this podcast make you cool? No. Can eating um, french fries make you thin? No. Can Hitler come back from the dead? Maybe. So Artie is playing poker with uh, Homer, Barney, Lenny, and Carl. He's losing badly due to his loud, bombastic tell. After announcing that he's living in Plushtown, everyone folds. Everyone but Homer, that is. Uh, Homer raises Artie a buck, and with Ziff out of cash, he offers his 98% of the shares of Ziff Corp stock, as well as the peanuts in his mouth. Yum, yum. Ha! Uh, Homer beats Artie with his four jacks, making him the COD of a multinational corporation. Suddenly, the SEC burst in, fully armed, looking to arrest Ziff for stock market manipulation and for securities fraud. Homer explains to the feds that he may be affected as he now owns 230 million shares of the dubious stock, making him this week's majority shareholder. (laughs) The uh, SEC then points their rifles at Homer, arresting him, much to the confusion of the room, especially Mo. You're under arrest. Wait a minute, how can you arrest Homer? This guy's the one what done the thing that why you're here for. I'm talking malfeasance here. All right, I admit it. 
I did run Ziff Corp into the ground, and this man took me into his home when no one else would. And now, as a result of his brilliant card playing, he's the one you want! <gasps> Tape his mouth so he can't deny it! Don't tell my kids I'm going to jail! Tell them I joined the Blue Man Group! I'm the fat one! I really love Moe's. He's the guy who done did that done do thing. He's the I guy like, who what done did that thing while you're here for. Ah, so good. It's kind of interesting. Mo plays kind of a, not a pivotal part in this episode, but he's got like three or four scenes. Yeah. Like he's really concerned actually over uh, Homer. Well, sort of. Yeah, a little bit. He's kind of, he's important to this. Um, also in that last shot of the scene, we see Artie, Moe, Lenny, Carl, and Barney. But Barney is sober with his hair combed, wearing a belt, looking all neat. But in the rest of the scene, it's traditional drunk Barney looking all disheveled. And I don't exactly remember the timeline of when Barney got like on the wagon, or off the wagon, on the wagon. Um, but it's funny how like the whole episode he's drunk Barney, except for that one little shot. I wonder if this was around the time, I didn't look this up, but maybe the episode was from season 15. Oh, he right. Up, and maybe they um, like have already fil- you know, animated that episode and a bunch of other episodes. And just at that time, they forgot to use the proper cell, the new one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting that I, interesting I, to see. I didn't notice it because I'm used always register in my mind that I've always seen the, the drunk Barney. Mm-hmm. Not paying attention to that. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I'm Googling when did Barney go sober? Because uh-huh. Barney's now back to being an alcoholic. Yeah. So Castellaneta thought of the idea of Barney sobering up early in the series. He wrote the script together with his wife, Deb LaCosta. They offered the script to Al Jean, and so it was the script they were already working on, Duffless. So it was actually a season 11, Days of Wine and Doses, that he mm. became sober, and... He got drunk again for several seasons, it just says. But yeah, I think now when you watch newer episodes, he's always back to normal drunk party. Yeah, just interesting. At the uh, courthouse, Homer's being questioned uh, for the betrayal of the public by his newly acquired company. He has a blue haired lawyer as counsel and is a bit confused by the lawyer's advice. Homer Simpson, how do you respond to the charge that your company has betrayed the public trust? Read the Fifth Amendment, what? I Refuse to answer on the grounds that I what? Inseminate myself? Dudes, I think this guy's coming on to me. You, sir, are a moron. A Mormon? But I'm from Earth. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Your Majesty, can I go home now? Your company's crimes have left a scar on this great nation. And she was so beautiful. But what man would want her now? Yes, he was hot. My husband's going to jail, and it's all your fault. Do you know why no one likes you? Anti-Semitism? No. Your problem is you never think of anyone besides yourself. Marge, I think about a lot more than just moi. Oh, my God. She's right. A lot on that going on in that clip there, Steve. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like, you know, Homer being like, inseminate myself. I'm not a Mormon. I'm from Earth. Your Majesty, may I go home? The judge is like, says something about country used to be hot or whatever. And then just Krusty's response. Yeah. Yeah, she was hot. <laughs> this is so good. And also, why do you think people don't like you? Anti-Semitism? Good, good line read there. And it could um, be multiple reasons. Anti-Semitism and because he's selfish. Yeah. So Homer is found guilty, guilty and sentenced to 10 years in prison. As a result, March kicks Artie out on the street, but still, she doesn't want Grandpa. Aw, and she's a nice one. At the Springfield Penitentiary, uh, where if you committed a murder, you'd be home by now, Marge is trying to help the children understand the situation their father is in with the pop-up book, When Daddy Does Hard Time. Uh, I love the uh, pop-up book, and we, in it we see uh, the action of Daddy icing Johnny Shakes, the jailhouse stoolie with a shiv, and Johnny gets his revenge by setting Daddy on fire, much to the delight of a one Maggie. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Homer misses the smell of Marge's pork chops and the way the kids kiss his owies when he goes boom. Uh, Bart attempts to ch- uh, cheer him up by choking himself, but this place has become like a prison for Homer. Back at Moe's, Artie appears and is greeted in an unexpected manner. Well, well, look who showed his face. The louse who sold out his only friend. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve coming here. But since you did, what'll it be? First one's on the house. Is this dump open? We were jogging and ran out of cigarettes. 
Pardon me for intruding, but I believe teenage girls shouldn't smoke. No! <laughs> 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 Are you still living with Marge? No. She kicked me out for sending her husband to prison. You put Homer in jail? Oh, the hair is standing up on the back of my knees. Keep your odor eaters on, Selma. I've seen you get hurt too many times. I'm not going to let him into my heart or my bedroom. Just ten minutes on the beanbag. Come on, short round. We're going back to my temple of doom. Yeah. Be gentle. Indiana Jones reference, Steve. Yeah, I know. That was fun. Is she referring to her vagina? I'm thinking that's the Temple of Doom. Yeah, of course. Although, <laughs> okay. maybe it's the anus. Oh, okay. No, wait, wait. No, no. Temple of Doom makes sense that it's her vagina because the last crusade would be the anus. That's Avoid fair. Oral sex is the kingdom of the crystal school. There's aliens in there. <laughs> um, so Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's like t- second base. It's like a handy? I, I think it's like touch and boob. And then, like, making out is, like, the young Indiana Jones adventures. Oh, man. There's no other movies. <laughs> there was a fun 90s game on the computer called The Fate of Atlantis. That's pizza. I remember one of the episodes of the young Indiana Jones was called, like, Spring Break Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see 13 boobs. There, there was another one. I remember the one with Harrison Ford actually did a cameo. Oof. Yeah, he was telling a story when he was a kid or something. I oh, think yeah, I like remember that one. The Mystery of the Blues or something. <laughs> Are we done with this bit? I think so. All right. Uh, after we see Mo get rejected by Patty, we cut to Artie moaning as he can't get his socks off. Selma and Artie then, uh, you know, fuck, uh, which inspires Artie to be a new man. He uh, decides he's going to read the paper, have a little nosh, then rinse out a few things. And then finally... We get an innocent man out of jail. Let's go to Kent Brockman for the details. Artie Ziff shocked investigators today by turning over a second set of books, detailing his own financial culpability and exonerating stumbling, bumbling boob Homer Simpson. Simpson's grateful family had this to say. I'm so happy to be getting my husband back. And I'm happy to listen to FM 95.3, home of Boomer and the Diz. Bart? Chill out, Mom. They gave me this hat. Mm. Uh, kids these days, I don't think will understand what radio was. Nope. I mean, I know or it promotional exists. Promotional hats. Like promotional hats, like calling in and getting free swag. I remember trying to call in like KGN, trying to get like shirts and stickers all the time. I never got through. I know. For some reason, when I was eight, I thought the funniest thing to do was to call country stations and ask them to play rap songs. <laughs> Steve, I think you're still doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and they'd just be like, okay. Yeah, like sure whatever we want listeners it doesn't matter yeah. so after dwight yokub it's easy <laughs> i miss the days of calling and requesting songs and then recording them on the cassette mm-hmm. when you played it to make your mixtape that had the djs talk up before the song starts yeah i kind of miss radio I, I like podcasts are great and you should listen to them especially this one through anchor.fm uh, but there's something about the randomness of radio just being able to like put it on and not think about what you're listening to i kind of miss you know i like to drive around and turn on the old radio and listen to some tunes oh yeah we've talked about them before on this podcast yeah good old-fashioned fm radio i mean or am radio if you're a racist or anchor.fm if you're a couple of annoyed grump boys nice all right, well, so at the penitentiary, the handcuffs go off Homer and right onto Artie Ziff. After receiving an apology, Homer requests that his time served be used for future crimes. <laughs> um, the officer offers him the chance to steal a car or kick in the crutch. Homer opts for the crutch. I like the fact that uh, asking for uh, is for future time served. <laughs> yeah, and the, the guard was willing to oblige, like, well, you can either steal a car or kick me in the crutch. Uh, Homer then confuses Lisa for Maggie and Artie for Bart. Uh, Marge thanks Artie for everything and for doing the right thing eventually. Uh, and Selma plans a conjugal visit f- uh, for him in a fortnight. But that may not happen as Artie tries to make himself known among his fellow cellmates. You, Hobbit, I'm like your roommate. <sighs> oh, smoker, eh? Well, I have ways of dealing with you. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Your lungs will thank me. Kids, you better take your last look at Uncle Artie. Oh, look, there's a whole bunch of you. Squirt, squirt, squirt. That's it. Circle around me. Squirt, 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 squirt. Oh, I'm going to need more water. Squirt, 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 squirt. Squirt, squirt. John Levitt seems to have fun. He does. 
we'll talk about it after the break, but Artie Ziff is probably not my favorite of his characters, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy how much John Lovitz puts into each of his roles. Let's talk about that, Steve. We'll be right back. And that's that. Another story in the classic, infallible three-act structure. Good enough for Aristotle, good enough for The Simpsons. Hi, I'm Laura Lutz, co-host of the Glow and Tell podcast. And I'm Steve Lutz, co-host of the 138th Simpsons podcast. We're married and we both like to eat. And And we we have have a a podcast. podcast. On our show, we'll discuss the food we love, the meals we make. And drinks to go with it. So if you enjoy cooking, eating, or anything to do with food, check out our podcast, Let's Eat. Each week, we'll talk about a dish we made, what pairs with it, and all of our thoughts about food in general. Find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find us on social media at Let's Eat Podcast. And you can email us at letseatpod at gmail.com. Let's eat! And we're back. Craig, let's talk about our uh, some trivia, maybe our favorite visual things, our uh, quotes, maybe our MVJ, and maybe read a review or two, and we'll give our own thoughts and uh, wrap up this episode. What do you think? What were my other options? We can go outside and find the, uh, the ice cream man. We cannot, Steve. Oh, that's right. Uh, well, I guess we'll do what you want to do. Um, okay. Let's uh, trivia. Yeah, let's start with trivia. So, as we mentioned before, this is the third of nine episodes to date, written by uh, Dan Castellaneta and his wife, Deb LaCusta. Cool. Did you know that uh, when Homer and the kids are attending the free deadening, Homer rests soda on Lisa's head exactly the same way that he rested his beer on Bart's head in Lisa's first word? Interesting. Well, Bart and Lisa also investigate strange noises in the attic in The Thing and I, which is a segment of Treehouse of Horror 7. Yeah, I really got the... I was thinking that, too, when I was watching. I was like, yeah, totally. This is the Bart's twin. Krusty mm-hmm. appears as a congressman, which he won in the previous season episode, Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. I was wondering why he was there. I didn't know that Krusty uh, became a congressman. I was re- wondering that myself. So it's kind of cool that they kept up the continuity. I bet this is the only episode that <laughs> states that. Did Deb and Dan write Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington? I don't believe so. So a couple of spoofs that we didn't talk about, but at the beginning of the episode, two posters for the Matrix franchise can be seen. The Matrix Revolutions has been released five months prior to this episode, so they have a Matrix Christmas and you're in the Matrix Charlie Brown, which is kind of fun. We are getting a Matrix 4. Oh, yeah, but we need. You know, the first one's great, but this those two... I, I just never got it. Yeah, I remember nerds saying that if you watch the anime, it makes it all good, but I don't want to do that. Regarding the squirting water on the smokers, apparently the Simpsons writer Ian Maxstone Graham did this in real life to Norm MacDonald and got punched in the face. <laughs> that is my favorite trivia for the day. Hey, uh, uh, I'm going to punch you. I could do bad impressions too. How about some visual gags or t-shirts, tattoo type of thing? For me, I think that the image from the book When Daddy Does Hard Time, there's an image that I sent to you of Daddy stabbing the stoolie. And what I like about it is that he has a pipe in his mouth because he's a daddy. And that's what fathers have. Uh, That made me laugh a lot. But I think, hands down for me, the image of Artie hanging and smiling and waving at the Simpsons is my uh, t-shirt of the week. T-shirt of the week. Yeah, that would also make a great enamel pin, too. Oh, yeah. Great visual gags. I kind of alluded earlier in the episode that uh, I would like a t-shirt, simple t-shirt, with all the voices that John Lovitz, all the characters he portrays on the show. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Mostly because I want a Jay Sherman shirt, you know, a critic. Yeah, um, it stinks. So, uh, quotes. Uh, Homer has a lot of very good lines in this episode. You know, I think when he's talking to the blue-haired lawyer, he tells Rod and Todd, Relax, stupid. Krusty reading that line of... Yes, he was hot. <laughs> then remember when Cat Brockman's like... Coming up, can yodeling cure cancer? Of course not. That's my favorite line. Kent Brockwood. He could be my MVJ for all I care, but Homer did have more. It's better. funny. I'm noticing that Kent Brockman is slowly, like, low-key becoming my favorite Simpsons character. And we kind of talked about that a little bit last week. For me, all of your quotes were, like, definitely on my list. But I just love it when Hank chews the scenery with Mo, And when they're pl- playing the poker and 
Homer gets arrested and Moe's like, This guy's the one what done the thing that why you're here for. I just love like the blumbling of uh, the English language. <laughs> and so for that, and just for all the roles that you mentioned that he had, uh, that's my quote for the week. And I think my MBJ is going to go to Mo, just because he didn't need to be the star. And he wasn't the star, but I think he just did some heavy lifting, and I appreciate it. I uh, I agree, Mo's great, um, but I'll I'll take Kent. We can we can be different finally. Yeah, I think oh. that's allowed. And side note too, for another merchandise scene, I really want that pop up book. Like that should be a real thing. Oh yeah, that'd be a lot of fun to uh, have. There's at least two scenes we know we could use. Then we'll come up with other other ways to survive prison. Yeah, I'm trying really hard not to think of a daddy drop the soap joke. Just because <laughs> oh, it's tired, but it also would work really well. It'll work. Okay. All right. Before we review, did you find any other review, like an external review? I have one from the website tv.com, which is short for television.com. This is by Simpsonian uh, 100 on July 7th, 2006. It is entitled, The Fine Return of Artie Ziff. He went from billionaire to attic bum. How creative. They gave the episode a 9.9. They write, I found the trip to the ice cream store with the old people pretty funny. I found the movie funny. But one thing I didn't like was the way the movie scared Bart. Whatever happened to the evil laughing Bart? He's become a wimp. I liked how Artie Ziff acted like one of the kids. That was cool enough. I really think there was no need for the Flanders kid to be with Homer, though. Kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, then Artie got Homer sent to prison after losing his shares of his business, making Homer the majority owner. Artie got kicked out, yada yada, and he found romance with Selma. Classic. How about a wedding for those two? I love the way, and I love the ending where Artie Ziff kept squirting cigarettes, enraging the prisoners. I just love it. Uh, yada yada. Yeah. Um, I like when you're getting bored of your own review. <laughs> and uh, he also mentions how about a wedding for these dude? I'm imagining they must have got married at some point, right? Probably. I mean, it would make sense. It'd be a fun little episode. All right. Well, that's a review. How about us review? Okay. Craig, would you like to start? So I think I kind of alluded to earlier about John Lovitz. And even though you recognize his voice and you kind of talked about it too, the subtlety that he does change Artie Zip a little bit. He makes it a little more sympathetic-y sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said earlier too, Artie Ziff is, he's not one of my favorite characters. And he's not supposed to be. You're not supposed to like him. True. And uh, so that being said, I, I thought John Lovitz did a great job. Dan and Deb, I think, did a pretty good job getting a lot of the yak yaks out there. The story was, you know, it was perfectly plausible Simpsons-esque episode where someone's always coming in to their house and they have to live there. We see it all the time. It was a matter of time before it was Artie's time, right? Right. I don't think I was like blown away at first with this episode, but then like in re-watches, I really did enjoy Homer a lot. There's some good set pieces with Homer and the courthouse, him talking to the blue hair lawyer, thinking like, is this one of the first times the blue hair lawyer uh, had to defend Homer? Because usually he's the prosecuting attorney. The prosecuting You're right. attorney. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Uh, and so that, I mean, that was also a fun scene. I loved when Maggie was wanting to see more of <laughs> Homer getting shivved. And uh, Moe's involvement, I, I actually, yeah, this episode kind of grew on me. Would I watch it again uh, on FXX marathons or whatever? Sure. Yeah, why not? So John Lovitz has currently been on 18 episodes of The Simpsons, Steve. Huh. Um, out of that 18, I'll give it, uh, hey, this episode aired March 14. I'll give it a 14 out of 18. That's fair. So going into this episode, I was excited. Then watching it, I was a little disappointed at first just because it didn't blow me away. And then I realized it's kind of overthinking it because there are like some fun jokes and I like all the movie parodies. Homer is like uh, doing a good Homer in this episode. He's like fun, dumb Homer and you go along on this ride with him. And John Lovitz is always great. Well, I do think that this is one of his weaker characters he always gives it his all. And I think that the episode as a whole isn't perfect, but it is solid. And I feel like they really wanted to have John Lovitz back and Artie Ziff back. And I hope that we can see more of John Lovitz playing other characters aside from Artie Ziff. Mm -hmm. um, so this episode was good. I found myself, like you said, it grew on me as I went along. It's a good, not the best episode, but I would watch it if we're on the air. Um, I would like recommend it to somebody if they want to know like what the middling seasons of The Simpsons were like. So I would say that uh, Homer had to serve 10 years in prison. I'm going to give this uh, six years out of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well deserved. So yeah, watch this fun episode. Oh, Steve, yes. I forgot to mention that uh, 
we both saw John Lovitz live. That's right. We saw him here in Portland at the Helium Comedy Club uh, performing some stand-up. He had a very bad cough that night. And his uh, brother-in-law... Was his, yeah, brother-in-law lives in Portland and talked about him. Unless that's like in his act, he <laughs> says that his brother-in-law is always from that city and just it's one of it's his publicist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a fun time. It was a good show. That act that he does in his stand-up is the same stuff he's been doing for like years. He's never mm-hmm. changed it up. <laughs> but that's what a comic does. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much I feel about John Lovitz now, which is based off of uh, other podcasts I listened to. A few years ago, John Lovitz opened a podcast theater at Universal uh, Hollywood's the Universal Strip. Mm-hmm. And he had Kevin Smith and other podcaster Ralph Garman do shows there. They were friends. And, you know, Kevin Smith, obviously, is one of the biggest podcasters out there. Anyways, so Lovitz, the theater, of course, went out of business. And um, he kind of, like, stole a lot of I, – not stole ideas, but, like, kind of used, like, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman without, like, compensation. Like, didn't pay them and just kind of took their ideas and got no credit for it, essentially. So, in that sense, uh, John Lovitz kind of is a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, and I think historically it's been noted that he is kind of a jerk. He often in his like, characters portrays kind of that smarmy asshole, but I don't think he's acting that much. I think in real life he's probably kind of a jerk. It's one of those things like, would you want to meet him? No, I have no interest in meeting him because he would probably be a jerk. And uh, I enjoy him playing characters in movies, and that's fine. Podcasting! Yes! Well... I think we should find out what we're watching next week, Steve. How about that? Alrighty, and to do that, we'll need our good old friend, the Wheel of Random. I'll bring it out here, and we'll spin to see what season we are in. Season two zero. Season twenty. Alrighty, and let's spin that episode or that wheel of random to see what episode we are watching. Boop. Episode twelve, season twenty, episode twelve. Originally aired March eighth, two thousand nine, and it is called "No Loan Again Natural." When the adjusted rate on Homer and Marge's mortgage resets at more than they can afford, they must put up their home for sale. Good Samaritan Ned Flanders buys the house and rents it out to them at an affordable rate. Steve, do you remember this episode? Not even a little bit. Well, it was written by Jeff Westerbrook and directed by Mark Kirkland. Hmm. I vaguely remember this episode. Uh, turns out probably Homer's really a really bad tenant. That makes sense. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out what we think about No Loan again naturally next week. I can't wait for this episode. Well, you can always check us out on the social medias at 138Simpsons on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. Hey, we have a merch store at TeePublic. All you got to do is go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt. And please, if you are so willing, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. It doesn't have to be a review, though. Just give us five stars or the equivalent, if you're so kind. And just write a review or your favorite Simpsons quote. Uh, It could be... Can yodeling cure cancer? No. All right. Well, for this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, keep watching the skis. Squirt, squirt. I'm sure your kids are used to disappointment.